welcome to episode 11 of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you'll hear what it's like to train for and run your first marathon. I'm Dwayne France, and I'm joined by Coach Morgan Lattimore, the People's Coach, and together we're going to share the week-by-week training journey that'll take me, just a regular guy and a mere mortal, to the finish line of my first marathon. And if I can do it, you can too. Thanks for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. I'm excited to be going on this journey and pleased to invite you to join me along the way. There's a couple of ways that we can be connected. Follow the podcast wherever you listen to them and you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. You can also see where the journey takes me by connecting on Strava by going to strava.com forward slash athletes forward slash M3 podcast, which will be in the show notes. There you'll see if I'm following the training plan like I'm supposed to be. And you can find all of the episodes on the fundraising page of my charity partner, The Second Wind Fund at coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. The mission of the Second Wind Fund is to decrease the incidence of suicide in children and youth by removing barriers to treatment. They match children and youth at risk for suicide with licensed therapists in their communities and pay for up to 12 sessions of therapy when there's a barrier to treatment. Simply by listening right now, you're doing your part. Every time someone listens to an episode, $1 will be donated to the Second Wind Fund up to $1,000. So listen, share, and know that you're doing your part to stop suicide in children and youth in Colorado. So check out coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast for all the episodes to give to the cause or simply to see how far we've gotten. This week, Coach Morgan and I go over week eight of training. Not only did we have another 32-mile week, we did it during a work trip to the East Coast from Colorado and included the first eight-mile run of the training cycle. We did three miles on Monday and Tuesday, six miles on Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and eight miles on Sunday. At this point, We're 12 weeks out for the marathon, and the training is really ramping up. So check out this week's coaching call reviewing the week, and we'll come back afterwards to wrap things up. All right. Been a couple weeks since we connected, but week eight is done. Yes, yes, yes. It's one of those things like we talked every week, and then I looked at the training plan, I'm like, there's no really good reason to interject anything. I think we're doing really good as long as the pace is going well. You always complete your workouts as given. This week, I was at that the D.C. trip. How did that go? The trip was nice, right? You know, the trip was good. You know, I have a colleague who, he's really this cool guy, and he says that when you go to a new town, find the water and follow the music to find the really great places to kind of hang out. Find the the water, follow the music. Okay. Yeah. And so I do the same with running. But when you do that in Arlington, you run right into a water treatment plant for about three quarters (laughs) of a mile. So it doesn't always work. Like it doesn't always land as well. So my, my run on, I guess it was Thursday, had a little bit of a shallow breathing for a good stretch there. But no, it was good. The work trip was good. But also I think the training went pretty well too. Okay. You held some soreness this week in the first few days. Yeah, Tell me about uh, that. I think that really coming off of that 32-mile week, that first week seven was a 32-mile week, and then I think the 27th and 28th, I think a lot of it, and we talked about it before, these work trips, and we were actually, I, I was in charge of running the conference and the event, right? So there was a lot of, outside of the training itself, there was a lot of standing around and walking around and networking and things like that. Just a perfect storm of things, but I think it was really more just low-grade soreness, nothing I think really that was long-term. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I can see it in notes it went away. Then you talked about, you, you didn't miss Plyo? I took Playa. I don't want to give you too much while you're traveling, but Playa, what made you enjoy not having that? 
Because again, and this was, I think that was probably the third day of, uh, of the conference and racking up the miles, but then also racking up the steps of the conference. I was really, I was going to do it. I was looking forward. Well, I don't want to say I was looking forward to it, but I was going to get it. But then as soon as I saw that you were like, oh, you didn't have it. I, I felt uplifted. I was like, oh, that's one less thing that I've got to do today. That's very nice. Thank you, coach. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. I like, like I told you, I don't like giving you too much. You said you can take a little bit more, you know, while you're traveling. I had a young lady. I always talk about, oh, you are like, I'll tell you about other athletes and I'll tell them about you. That is athlete. He's consistent. They like, and I'm like, yeah, they like, I'm working on the coach. Uh, today was a bit a better week. And so you give those goals, but it's athlete story because you all have your own different things going on. And so like you. During your travels, you usually, you, you're okay with running. Like some people either minimize it or we got to find something other physical to do. Had a young lady, great athlete, and she was going to Europe and she was like, I see you took my runs off coach. I was like, yeah. She said, why? I said, you, you said you was going on vacation. She's like, yeah, but I can run. She's in Europe. And so this is what I said. I said, so when you, because this is a book prior to me, when you signed up to go to Europe. What was your plan? I was going to go there, enjoy family, enjoy food, and enjoy the, enjoy the mountains. Then she's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> Not necessarily to run. Yeah, it wasn't to run. Like, so don't force something. Like, because sometimes we overdo it, right? We get so, but like, even missing five days, it ain't going to do that because guess what? She's going to be walking. She's going to be hiking. She's going to be moving. And we're not, and especially when we're in, it's different than, when we're closer to an event, I'm going to say, I would recommend you not travel. Like just to be, if you looking for a specific outcome, if you don't care, then hey, you need to do a little bit so we could just do something to hold the fitness, placeholder, eat some short stuff. But if you not, we far out, which we are for her to do something, let's, let's capitalize on this because the, the, what we forget about is we all need something different mentally. And you might see other people out there like yourself that's trained the water traveling. And sometimes when I travel, I train too. Sometimes I travel, I don't train. Depends on what the travel is. I've been busy last two weeks. So my goal is run every other day. Just get out the house and go run. I told my coach that I got a lot going on. It's the beginning of the year and races are starting to come up. I need to find my groove first before saying, I'm going to do a 10 mile run or 15 and give me an 18. I said, I just don't have time to do that. Could I find time? Yes. But if there's nothing immediate that I need to be prepared for me and in my mind. And I have to think that for my athletes, because they want to say, I need this. What's best for you though? Like, where are you at? And then you had your, for you, did you enjoy your rest day, sir? Did, was you able to get rest or? <laughs> I did. And this was, and this was all part of the, cause we had done a little bit of travel, but I knew that was the day I was going to be back from travel coming in from the East coast, huge storm in Texas. Apparently the storms are as big as Texas sometimes. But so we had to go around a storm. So I don't even think I got in Thursday night until 11 o'clock my time, which is still two hours off the front. So yes, I knew that I would have that day off and I did get some rest, but that was preceded by seven days of running going all the way back to the previous Thursday. So as much as I appreciated the no plyometrics on Wednesday, I also appreciated <laughs> the rest day on Friday. Easy day. And we still had a good week. And this week is, we got a little bit lower volume because we got a this week coming up. But hold on, let me, let me digress for a second. The runs on Saturday and Sunday look really good. Like really, actually really, really good. Trying to pull up Sunday or today. Super consistent. The pace has improved tremendously at the easy, it's an easy effort. 
And it's, it's just, and if you notice, it's just walking down slowly. 15, it was the 30, now it's at the 10, 15, and you still at the same 152. Your heart rate actually has lower because it's usually around 154, 152, 154, 156. That's lower from the 60, 160s down, and we're still getting faster, and we still haven't done speed work. Yeah, and I think that this is really, again, most of this past week I was in D.C., so those three running days was at sea mm-hmm. level, and then coming back and... Saturday and Sunday, I think I even said in my comments, I didn't have to regulate my pace a whole lot. I was feeling it because set it in. But again, it's coming back from sea level back to altitude a little bit. But yeah, yeah these past two days were pretty steady. Yeah, it looks good. We have a race coming up. We got the 5K, the St. Patrick's Day 5K. Let's see what you got more information on that. Local 5K. Okay, nothing crazy. Any goals for that? Or are you just going to, what are we doing? What do you want to do? Well, that was what I was going to check it because actually, I think since you saw it, I had another work trip pop up at the very last minute. So I'm going to be in California the first couple of days, probably through Wednesday morning. But the mileage there works well for where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing. But then I know that you had mentioned that you wanted to do a time trial, but I don't know because I didn't see anything on the 11th, whether you want me to race that. Or you want me to keep that a steady? Because I know we have a ten mile run the next day. So I'm curious on your thoughts. I want you to you going. I want you to race it. Yeah, yeah. I know. This is a five k. We going for a marathon. You can't race a five k. We can't even. We can't go nowhere else. And model, the volume will be lower going into that race, so it'll, you'll be a lot fresher. You got one eight mile run before and a rest day after that. Then three miles before, drop the hammer. Like the key is to think of it like your marathon. Like what would you do to prepare? Right. So. You would have a shakeout run the day before. I would rest you the day before that. This is typical. You probably wouldn't have such flight. You not or your like probably two weeks lead up to your marathon. You're not gonna have any strength training, right? You'll have some things that keep you moving and stretched out and things of that nature. But you'll be running. I'm really focusing on recovery, keeping the shaking it out. So this is the same layout. So going into this, okay, what are we the time we're going to bed on Friday and Thursday? What time when we're eating? When's the last time we're going to eat a meal? So it's, it's time to start planning that out because I'm going to ask you how that went. I'm going to give you, I want really some longer notes on race day or about the 48 hours prior. And I say 48 hours prior because you can plan the day before, but most times, sometimes nerves gets to people depending on gravity of the event that they're doing. And so we really need to understand that the whole week is going to affect that one day. And, but 48 hours prior is really that the nutrition and everything else. That's the last chance, right? For us to get good sleep and make sure we planned everything out because Friday you can do a little bit, but what's done is done. Right. And so you want to go into that day fresh, planning things out, pack it, pick up whenever you plan to do that and go from there. But the key is if you're going to race this 5k for yourself, and this is not, I say race it for people is it's not going out there and say. I'm going to get up front and I'm going to go with the pros. No, that's not racing it. Right? But one thing you have to understand, especially about community events, there's going to be a lot of people there. There's going to be, I don't know if this race has strollers and stuff like that, but you need to be in a position on race days where you say, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not fast as them. I want you, if we're doing a time trial, I need you to start off like in a faster group than you normally would start off. And this is why it takes discipline too. This is why. Most people don't know how to see themselves correctly. You're going to try to be conservative. You're going to get into a corral or a lineup in a place where you think you should be. But what usually happens is you end up with people slower than you because they have overanalyzed it and say, we need to be, I need to be, I think I'm going to go faster. And they probably won't, right? Because they haven't trained to do so. And so now you're dodging people the first 
quarter mile. And I'd rather you be a little bit further front, not too far. Cause like you will get, I don't want you in other people's way. And so the key is where I would be is if we're running on the street, I wouldn't be on the curb side. Right. And so if we're running down the street and the street is on my right hand side. I would go far left of the street. Right. And so it'd be more open because if it's curved, people going to be, it's going to be just get tighter because people are not going to want to go up and down it. But if you go to the far left where like the middle of the lane is vice versa, you can have a little bit more space to go around people and, and make some determinations, right? The middle is going to be kind of clogged up because everybody's going to be there. The outside is where you can move a little bit faster. All right. And so move up a little bit further is the first thing. Move to the outside. And if you can move to the outside, like I don't, I haven't. You haven't put a link in there for me to see the race, but if there's a way, say there's an out and back, right? You want to be on the inside track, not the outside track. Or if it's a, a loop, you want to be on the inside track on that too. So we have to make the determination like where it's best for you based off looking at the map. And that morning, have breakfast two, three hours before, then have some, maybe a hundred calories, about 45 minutes. 30, 45 minutes before you race. 5K, you don't need nothing. You don't even need, you don't even need water. Yeah, not, not even a water break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. I don't care if you're out there 40 minutes, not unless it's an sh- extremely hot day, like over 85, right? Humid. You were like, I need, no, you do not. You don't need water for that time. So you get out there and you just drop the hammer and then make sure post race, you get some, you know, electrolytes in you, you get hydration in you. And you make sure you replenish all the stuff that you have a good meal, a stretch out a couple times that day afterwards, and probably before you go to bed. And then you got a 10 mile run the next day, right? Yeah. And that's where I was, cause I was anticipating where this was landing and what you were talking about, like trying to do a time trail. I was like, oh, this might be a good place for a time trial. And then I saw you drop a 10 mile after that, the second one, the next day. And I was like, yeah. oh, so that's what that looks like. Yeah. And so. There's a couple of reasons where you'll see those, right? You'll go hard on this day. The biggest part it is most people when we're running marathons. We can plan for the first half, but most people don't plan for the second half. Mm-hmm. And so if I put your legs under a load a day before, you're, you're going to take that fatigue into the next day. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mentally you're going to be like, man, this hurts. And that tells me a lot about you. And I say, most time I won't even tell the athlete, we have the podcast obviously about this. So I'm kind of explaining it to you, but I usually don't tell athletes what I'm doing. I just let them do it and see what happens. Do you really want me? Cause you're already questioning. You're already <laughs> questioning, right? Are you crazy? Yes. I'm, yeah. yeah do you have, what will the last 10 miles of your marathon feel like? Just like this, mm-hmm. where is your head going to be? And that's the problem with people. We've trained for the positive, like, oh, I crossed the finish line or I'm going to have a great time and I'm going to pace it like this. How are we training for the dark times? How can I, as your coach, facilitate making it feel worse, making you go to a come to Jesus moment, if you believe in that type of thing, right? Like whatever that is, and really put you in a dark spot mentally, but it's getting in a controlled environment because I'd rather have it now. I'd rather you go out. And I've had athletes literally come to me as I can't do that. But okay, try and let me know. And they go, I did it. I didn't think I could. Well, one, I'm not going to give you more than I know you can handle. That's the right. first thing. Let's just go ahead and make sure we clear on that. Two, you can handle more than you think you can handle. Right. Most of the time. And so it's an easy run. I didn't ask you to go drop the hammer again. I just asked you to go run 10 miles. And this is where the other part comes into because you just raced the next day. Nutrition. We're going into longer runs. We're going right. into... Over distances. And when usually when my, my thing is when you go over an hour, we need to start facilitating, like I said, 
I know I'm gonna have a rough hour and 10 hour, 20 hour, 30 minutes, hour, two hours. Everything I do in that first hour and first 30 minutes is going to determine what the back of the run is going to feel like. A lot of people wait until they start feeling like they're hungry or need to drink until taking nutrition. But we're going to plan to be successful on the back end. What will I need then? Because by the time you feel like you need something on the back end, it's usually going to be too Too late. late. Yeah, by the time you're thirsty, you Mm should have been drinking before that. Correct. And so what we need to do is lay out a kind of plan. And what I would say, you need about 200 calories an hour. That's where we'll start. That's where I always start at 200 calories an hour. And for running, there's a lot of different places or different trends to thought when it comes to this. So you do liquid mix, or you can do gels, or you can do solids. It's whatever you want to do right now, because we don't know. I don't know your body. I don't know what you can, your gut can take at that, you know, that distance. What I would recommend, if you don't get tired of food easily, I would recommend you start testing your race nutrition. And so before you go out, you need to write down what, like in your comments, like literally this is before the race, before the 10 mile run, you go in and say, I'm gonna have breakfast at this time, but this is what I'm gonna eat. What I'm be for 30, 45 minutes, this is the hundred calories I'm gonna have. It's how much water I'm gonna sip on. We don't drink a whole bunch of water the morning of or the night before, cause you just, you're gonna flush your body electrolytes. You're not gonna do that. And then you're gonna say, okay, I'm gonna, it's 200 calories an hour. So if I break 200 calories an hour, okay, usually things come in a hundred calorie increments, right? Something like that and say, okay, so every 30 minutes, I need to take in a hundred calories and your body can absorb it. If it's a gel, if it's a solid, depending on what it is, go ahead and test that out. If it's going to be a gel, how much water am I drinking to make sure that I'm diluted enough? If it's not a hydro gel, a gel that doesn't need water, but if it's a gel that needs water, am I taking three to six ounces of water with it so it can actually dilute and I can, my body can absorb it, right? How much water am I using for that time frame? I'm taking a 16 ounce bottle. Will it be done at the same, at the end? And so really laying it out. So it's getting warmer, even like anywhere you are at, like Saturday, it's going to be 60 degrees where y'all at, which is crazy because it snows the next day. I don't even get it. <laughs> Welcome to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, it literally snowed. It's 60 degrees, 27 low, 19 mile an hour winds, and then it snows the next day. And that's, that might change each one now and then, but lay it out, right? And so this 10 mile run with your page, let's just go, let's go 10 minute mile. And so we'll be at hour 40 minute, hour, you know, hour fit somewhere in that area. And so you'll need to have at least 600 calories on you, right? And you take calories in to the end. People always say, oh, I got I only got a mile left. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop eating. No, because you still need to recover. Right. You don't want to bonk at the end and then go binge food because when you, because when that, when the sugar levels drop, you're going to be like, you're going to want anything you can see. And that's a bad idea. But if you maintain that and have a plan afterwards, it's okay. When I get done running, I, this is the meal I'm going to eat. This is where I'm going to eat. And you have, you make better choices. But if yeah. you go into it and then have going to a deficit during that training run, you the first thing you see, you would drive around McDonald's and be like, hey, you're going to make a pit stop. You don't put the car in the garage with an empty tank because you know that you're going to have to drive somewhere else. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I always, I, I should get gas. I was like, yep, I better get gas. Because I remember the, even at work when I used to do that. And then I'm like, oh, I need to go right now. And I left work at the last minute, but now I got to get gas. So. It's just it's proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And so that's what we need to plan that out. And that's going to be our benchmark, right? Our benchmark on drawing out the nutrition is this is what this looks like. This is how it went. And then we build from there. 
I think typically I use solids. I've not done gels, but I've done solids. I, I cut a bar up into like bite-sized pieces and I'll, I'll eat a bite-sized piece periodically, but definitely we'll look at what that looks like. Like you said, I did the first eight mile. I do the same thing is it runs longer than the run. I'll take my own hydration with me. Even on today's run, I took hydration with me, but I didn't take fuel with me. But I will definitely take a look at what that looks like on the long run next week. Yeah. And so what the, this thing, if we're doing, so you do solids, right? Not everybody can do solids, whoever's listening. Not everybody can do solids because it's about how your body absorbs food, just nutrition. It just, we, I, like solids for short stuff is a bad idea because there's no, you can say, I mean, the cliff bar while I do my 5K, not unless you're going to do that 5K for an hour, which is possible, then if you're doing it shorter than that, like the cliff bar, you probably ain't going to start feeling the energy for that until after the run. It's just too dense, right? And so there's the, there's other things out there, especially liquid in general is going to be immediate, right? It's going to be a faster absorption rate, right? And so the more density is the slower the absorption rate. And so you got to think about those things. And then it comes down to dietary needs and food time and what are you, how often are you doing it? So you go in there and you say, okay, every, and the key with this is like every, um, every 30 minutes, this is what I'm taking. I would recommend you if you're a newbie, you do it on time. Right. If you, how long you think you're going to be out there? This, because you just, because regardless, if you go faster or longer, the time is still going to be the time. The problem is sometimes people say, oh yeah, I'll do it in two miles. I'll do it in six miles. Well, that could vary on the day. Like when you get to each one. So I would do it um, based off time, how long you think you're going to be out there. And then you can plan and then always have a little bit extra. So I had 600 and I always have a little bit extra. You might get out there and say, man, I wish I had a, something else. And you just have that little bit of piece with you that you can take and can you want to finish the run, especially the, other than the legs, you actually might feel better than you think, you, but we'll see. We'll see. Looking forward to it. So that's all I got for that, man. And you're doing really good. I had a young lady that we talked about last time we spoke and she reached out to me. Did she? She reached out. To, yes. And so she's traveling today, but I'm going to try to set something up with her when she settles in. She seems like she got a lot going on like the next two days. Absolutely. Yeah. It, great to hear it, right? And I'm a fan of, not that as a very small thing, but any good thing that comes out of this is a good thing. And I'm glad to hear that, that my friend is following up on what she was thinking about. So that's great. Yeah, it is, man. You know, each one, teach one. That's what we're doing. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, coach. And I'll let you know how it goes next time we talk. Easy day, brother. See you next time. Absolutely. That was week eight. And as you heard, we're stringing a number of longer runs together more often during the week. And the training is going to get more challenging. We had a saying in the military, a gallon of sweat in training saves a drop of blood on the battlefield. So it comes as no surprise that Coach is incorporating some challenging workouts in the training plan for that exact reason. The problem with people, we've trained for the positive, like, oh, I crossed the finish line or I'm going to have a great time and I'm going to pace it like this. How are we training for the dark times? How can I, as your coach, facilitate making it feel worse, making you go to a come to Jesus moment, if you believe in that type of thing, right? Like it, whatever that is, and really put you in a dark spot mentally, but it's in a controlled environment. The interesting thing to me is, if I were doing this on my own, I wouldn't have thought to schedule my runs like that. The longest run of the training cycle so far coming after a race effort. It's counterintuitive, but as coach described, it makes a lot of sense. How do you train for the back half of a marathon without doing the first half of the marathon. 
So tune in next week to hear how it went, along with what I hope to share is a decent time on the 5K the day before. So thanks again for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you can hear mere mortals like you and me reach our goals as I train for the 2023 Denver Colfax Marathon. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at Dwayne at VeteranMentalHealth.com. If you want to support a great cause, I'm a charity partner with the Second Wind Fund, a Colorado organization that focuses on improving access to delivery of suicide prevention care for children and youth at risk for suicide. You can donate to the cause by going to coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. As a reminder, simply by listening to the show, a dollar is going into the pot. If you want more dollars to go into the pot, share the show with others who you think may appreciate it. If you want to reach out to Coach Morgan to share appreciation for the excellent work that he's doing or sign up for the People's Coach newsletter, you can find him at morganlatimore.com. All of the links to each of these are in the show notes. So thanks for joining us for another episode of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. And just remember, mere mortals can do extraordinary things. 